Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson live from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. With the explanation of Al-Ha'iyya for the great Imam Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah. And we take the section of his poem where he is still discussing the topic and the refutation against those who claim that the Qur'an is created. <clears throat> As we know, that this was a fitna which came out in the time <clears throat> which came out in the time of the pious predecessors, and that is why we find their books filled with refutation regarding this topic. But he began by speaking about those who claim that the Qur'an is created and now he begins a refutation against a second group related to the same topic and that is regarding those who remain silent on the topic. Those who remain silent on the topic. And he said in his poem, وَلَا تَكُ فِي الْقُرْآنِ بِالْوَقْفِ قَائِلًا كَمَا قَالَ أَتْبَاعٌ لِجَهْمٍ وَأَسْجَحُوا He, rahimahullah, he says, And do not be from those who do not take a stance pertaining to the Qur'an. Do not be from those who do not take a stance. As was the case of the followers of Jaham. As was the case of the followers of Jaham. And they asjahu. Meaning, they were overly lenient. So when he, rahimahullah, says, do not be from those who do not take a stance pertaining to the Qur'an. Meaning from the Jahmiyyah. Because from the Jahmiyyah are those who clearly stated that the Qur'an is created. From the Jahmiyyah were those who clearly said the Qur'an is created. And they were the heads of the Jahmiyyah. The ones who said the Qur'an is created. And also among the Jahmiyyah were those who said, I do not say that the Qur'an is created or that it is not created. From them were the ones that said, we don't say it's created and we don't say it's not created. Rather, I refrain from saying anything. This was some of the Jahmiyyah who would say this. And this person, as Shaykh al-Fawzan Hafizahullah says, is the mute devil. This is the mute devil, the shaitan that does not talk. Because if he is hesitant or reluctant to say that the Qur'an is not created, then he will confuse the people into believing it's created. So it is an absolute must that the mu'min clarifies his position. And does not remain silent, especially on topics like this. 
So when the people of innovation say that the Qur'an is created, the Shaykh says, do not be hesitant to clarify your position. Do not be from the followers of Jahm, who some of them said, we don't say it's created and we don't say it's not created. Thus, it is not permissible to remain silently hesitant in this situation, the Shaykh says. And this manhaj is the manhaj known by those who are called the waqifa. The waqifa, from the word waqf, they stop. Meaning, they don't say it's created, they don't say it's not created. They stop. Which is considered a form of concealing the truth. No doubt. When a person remains silent, he's concealing the truth. Also, this methodology meaning the methodology of waqf, it gives the probability and it can give the assumption that the madhab of the jahmiyyah could be truth. So if I say the Qur'an's not created and I don't say it's created and I don't say it's not created, what am I giving the as an assumption that this manhaj of batil could be true? And that's why the imams Look, Abu Bakr from the A'imma, he said, do not be like the followers of Jahm and remain silent. No, clarify your position. <clears throat> so the one who has doubt concerning whether or not the Qur'an is created or not created, then he by all means is a Jahmi, according to Abu Bakr's statement. The one who says, I don't know if it's created or not, this is a Jahmi. Because from the Jahmiyyah were those who said this. <clears throat> because if he was not a Jahmi, he would have made his position clear. He would have made his position known. And he would say that the Qur'an is not created openly, he would say it. However, he hides behind this methodology of not taking a position. And in reality, this methodology is worse than the ones from the Jahmiyyah who openly say it's created. The methodology of remaining silent is worse. Why? Because it can cause more confusion. And it can cause more doubt in the Muslims. And this, my brothers and sisters, is not only related to this mas'ala. This remaining silent is not only related to the topic of the Qur'an being created or not. We find many du'at today who refuse to give a clear answer to their position on matters of aqidah. Why? So that they don't burn bridges as they claim. So that they don't label themselves as they claim. These are what we call the crowd pleasers and the people pleasers who do not want to upset anyone. And this no doubt is a methodology of the shaitan. As the Shaykh Hafizahullah said, this is the mute devil. So you will find some people when it comes to matters of aqidah, they try to brush it under the carpet as they say. And they remain silent. They don't like to get into the 
topic of khilaf in aqidah between the truth and falsehood. And they try to tell you avoid these topics and stay away from these topics. And, work. and we discussed this in our previous lessons. But look how the great imams were, my brothers and sisters. They are advising us not to be from those who remain silent. Like the topic of where Allah Azza wa Jal is. Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah affirm Allah is high above His creation. The people of innovation, they deny that. Some of them are very clear. They say Allah has no position or Allah is everywhere. Which is falsehood. Then you'll have people who float. The floaters. And when the topic is discussed with them, they avoid the question. Or they manipulate their answer. And they're not clear in their position. Why? To please the people. Because they know if they took one stance, it's going to anger one side. But subhanallah, since when is da'wah built on pleasing the people? To the truth. And following the truth. Even if the world turned against you. But this is the methodology of the Salaf. This is the way of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. So the Imam says, do not be from them, those who remain silent, as was the case with the followers of Jaham. So the author, rahimahullah, placed them from the followers of Jaham ibn Safwan. Because if they were not from the followers of Jaham, then they would not have remained hesitant. They would make their aqidah clear. And they will clarify their position. And it is as if the Jahmiyyah, when they saw that the people did not agree with them in their statement, they sought refuge in this stratagem of not taking any stance. Because the people of innovation are very sly. Sometimes they will not openly call their innovation, but they will remain silent so that the people can be in two states of mind. To them that's enough. It's enough to plant that seed of doubt into the Muslim because once you create doubt, you can then start to win the person over to misguidance. And that's why they avoid clarity. They avoid being clear. Whereas the aqidah of Ahl-Sunnati wal-Jama'ah, because it is the Qur'an and the Sunnah, it's as clear as day. It's as clear as day and there is no darkness Hidden messages, hidden uh, um, puzzles, or anything of the sort. As the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Taraktukum ala al bayda, I left you on a clear path. Layluha kanahariha, its night is like its day, meaning there's no darkness. La yazigu anha illa halik. None deviate from this clear path except the one who's destroyed. But this is our deen, walillahi alhamd. The deen of Ahlul Sunnah, the deen of the pious predecessors, is very simple. It is the kitab and the sunnah. And that's why Ahlul Sunnah from the very beginning have never had an issue in clarifying their aqidah and announcing it to the world. Because we are proud of what we believe. 
Because what we believe agrees with the Quran and the Sunnah. And it is the aqidah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when the people of misguidance take their aqidah from philosophy, from Jahm ibn Safwan, from ilmul kalam, the intellect and whatever else, they're shy in front of the Muslim ummah to make it clear. They are, they're shy. That's why you will not find them claiming and openly teaching what they believe. It's all concealed in their books. He then says, For this reason, Imam Ahmad rahimahullah was asked about not taking a stance concerning whether the Quran is created or not. They actually asked Imam Ahmad this. We know Imam Ahmad got punished, rahimahullah. He got persecuted and tortured for this mas'ala. Because he would say the Quran is not created. So they asked Imam Ahmad, shouldn't we remain silent? Why are you openly showing your creed? Shouldn't we remain silent? So Imam Ahmad rahimahullah said, if this were the case, before the Jahmiyyah said what they said, then we would not have spoken about the issue of whether the Qur'an was created or not. Look what Imam Ahmad said. He said, if the Jahmiyyah did not open this topic, we would not need to clarify. Because before the Jahmiyyah, this mas'ala, is the Qur'an created or not, never existed. All of the pious predecessors understood and believed that the Qur'an is the word of Allah. It's not created. But when the Jahmiyyah came and made this innovation and said the Qur'an is created, Imam Ahmad said, if it was not for that, there's no need for us to speak about it. He then said, but after they said their statement, it became obligatory upon us to clarify. Why? Because if the people of innovation spread poison and we do not counter that poison, what happens to the people? They get poisoned and they are destroyed. So yes, my brothers and sisters, many of these topics were not known by the early generations and they only became into existence because the people of innovation started these innovations. And it is not befitting for the people of truth to hear falsehood and remain silent on it. They must clarify and teach. He then said, وَلَا تَقُلِ الْقُرْآنُ خُلْقًا قِرَاءَةً فَإِنَّ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ بِاللَّفْظِ يُوضِحُ He said, Rahimahullah, and do not say that the Qur'an is created, meaning, its recitation. Since the speech of Allah through its recitation is made clear. 
Now the imam is refuting a third group. So this third deviant methodology concerning this issue, this is the third deviant methodology. So regarding the Qur'an being created or not, there's three innovations. The first are the ones who openly said the Qur'an is created. As we said, the heads of the Jahmiya, they said the Qur'an is created. The second one was who? The followers of the Jahmiya, what was their stance? Silence. Ahsan Affan. The second group were the ones who remained silent. We don't say it's created. We don't say it's not created. The third group are the ones who say that the utterance of the Qur'an is created. The utterance is created. So the one who takes this position, they would say, my recitation of the Qur'an is created. Subhanallah. Philosophy. Let's see what the Sheikh says. He says this in reality is dishonest and trickery around the statement that the Qur'an is created. This is a very sly door. He says it is not permissible for you to say that my recitation of the Qur'an is created. And nor is it permissible for you to say your recitation is not created. Look, the Sheikh is saying, you as a Muslim, you're not allowed to say your recitation of the Qur'an is created and also you're not allowed to say your recitation of the Qur'an is not created. So what do we say? We say what the Salaf said regarding this topic. He says, Rather, it is obligatory on you to be detailed in this specific topic. He says, if you say my recitation of the Qur'an is created and you do not explain it in detail, that's the way of the Jahmiyyah. If you just say my recitation of the Qur'an is created, that's the way of the Jahmiyyah. Likewise, if you say... My recitation of the Qur'an is not created and you just say that. This also supports the methodology of the Jahmiyyah. Subhanallah, both. If you say my recitation is created or if you say my recitation is not created, both statements support the Jahmiyyah. Because when you say my recitation of the Qur'an is not created, then you would have entered your actions into the actions of Allah. If you say my recitation is not created, then that means you're putting your actions into the actions of Allah Azza wa Jal, and you would have made your actions uncreated. But the aqeedah of Ahl sunnah is our af'al is makhluqa. Our actions are created. Imam al-Bukhari wrote a whole book. Khalq af'al al-ibad. The creation of the servant's actions. 
So you're not allowed to say my recitation of the Quran is not created and just stop there. Because that supports the Jahmiyyah. He then says, This is the methodology of the Qadariyyah, those who deny the Qadar. The slaves are the inventors and the creators of their own actions. The Qadariyyah said that the human creates his own action. And that's falsehood. Allah is the creator of everything, including our actions. So we're not allowed to say, my recitation of the Qur'an is uncreated. And just leave it at that. So what's the detailed answer that the Muslim gives regarding this topic? He says, a detailed explanation is absolutely necessary. For example, you ask, what do you intend by your statement, my recitation of the Qur'an is created? Do you intend your utterance and your recitation, or do you intend that which is being uttered and recited? Because there's a big difference. When I say my recitation is created, what am I talking about? Am I talking about my voice? Or am I talking about the thing that's being recited? He says, if you intend that which is being uttered, that's incorrect. The thing that I'm reading, yeah, it is not created. What is being uttered is not created because that is the speech of Allah. And if you intend your actual pronunciation, which you pronounce with your tongue, then yes, that is created. Because your tongue, your voice, and your utterance is all created. However, that which is being pronounced and conveyed by the recitation is not created. It is obligatory on you to give this detailed explanation. And that is what the Salaf used to say. They would say, my voice is created, but what my voice is reciting is not created. Understood? My tongue is created, but what my tongue is uttering is not created. And let me ask you something, my brothers. Do you think the Salaf would have had a need to mention this if the people of innovation did not start this innovation, they wouldn't. So when people try to accuse Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, and always be wary of this, you hear people say, Ahlul Sunnah always gets into these topics, what for? What for? We only went into these topics because of your leaders who started these topics. Before they bring their misguidance, everyone was on guidance. Before the Jahmiyyah, none of this existed. Tongue, voice, what's recited, what's not recited. Can you picture the Sahaba going into these topics? They already knew and understood the Qur'an is Allah's word. It's not created. But when the people of innovation bring their innovation then Ahlul Sunnah had to refute and clarify the truth. And that's why they began to say things like this. 
that yes, my voice is created, but what my voice is reciting is not created, and so forth. And that's where the Sheikh says, due to this, the people of the Sunnah would say, the voice is the voice of the reciter, while the speech is the speech of the creator. What a beautiful saying. The voice is the voice of the Qari, but the speech is the speech of Allah. What's being recited. Meaning that which is uttered is the speech of Allah. As for the pronunciation and the dictate and the diction, it is the speech of the created. His voice is created. For this reason, people's recitations and voices differ. People's voices are different. So yes, the voice is created. But what you're reciting is not created. That is the word of Allah Azza wa Jal. Some people have beautiful voices, and some people, the Sheikh says, not so beautiful. He didn't say ugly. We don't say ugly voices. Huh? We say some voices are more beautiful than others. There are some whose voices are good, while others are not so good. And this is a proof that the voice is created. Yes. And the reciters differ from one to another. Some have been given a beautiful voice, while others have been given less than that. As for the speech of Allah, it is always at the utmost level of perfection, no matter who's reciting it. And one must fully understand that Ahlul Sunnah, the Sheikh says, did not desire to enter into this affair. Ahlul Sunnah did not wish to go into this topic. However, the people of innovation forced the Muslims into this issue. So it became necessary for it to be exposed and clarified. But in reality, it is a calamity, no doubt. Every innovation in Aqidah is a calamity. It's a fitna because it's misguided many people. And had it not been that Allah sent the ulama in order that they clarify it, this affair would have been obscure to many people. Can you imagine our scholars remained silent and they did not clarify these positions? We would be lost. Or at the very least, we will be from the waqifiyya. We don't know. Is it yes? Is it no? But alhamdulillah, Allah always sends great imams, people to support the truth and give victory to the truth. And by them, the truth is always preserved. And insha'Allah, next week, we will start with the next section regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life and the creed of Ahl sunnati wal jama'ah regarding this. Wallahu wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah.